your goals need to be bigger than your present moment, bigger than the desire to continue living above your means, beyond your means. Your goals for your future need to be bigger than wanting to spend your money maybe in a way that is hurting you and not helping you. Your goals need to be bigger than the habits that you have formed over time that aren't leading you there. So make sure that you're willing to discuss your dreams and your goals and you're willing to find dreams and goals that align together. My name is Allison Backerly, creator of Inspire Budget, and I'm on a mission to help women live their best life and reach their money goals. Join me here for inspiring conversations to help you learn more about budgeting, saving money, paying off debt, and investing for your future. You'll be hearing not only from me, but others along the way that have a story and voice to share. Let's dive in. Getting your spouse on board with budgeting or taking control of your finances can feel like a daunting task. Throw in tension surrounding money fights and arguments and coming to an agreement can feel even more difficult. When I was gearing up and preparing for this episode, I decided to do a little bit of digging on exactly how people feel about their finances. And in 2019, Schwab conducted a survey that found that 59% of U.S. adults admitted to living paycheck to paycheck in 2019. That was 2019. So I'm going to only assume that that number has increased. So what is paycheck to paycheck and what does it have to do with getting your spouse on board with budgeting or paying off debts? saving money, investing. Well, paycheck to paycheck is when you need your next paycheck to be able to cover your expenses. This means that you literally don't even have enough money in savings to cover your expenses if you were to lose your job. I want you to ask yourself, are you currently living paycheck to paycheck? Do you have enough money in savings to cover your expenses? If you were to lose your job, could you live freely for three months, four months, maybe even six months? If the answer is no, I cannot survive. I will not have enough money to pay my rent or my mortgage, buy food, pay electricity, make minimum debt payments, then you're probably living paycheck to paycheck right now. Living paycheck to paycheck hands down leads to stress, frustration, maybe even money fights. I know because I've been there. For years, my husband and I lived paycheck to paycheck because we did not actually prioritize saving money like I almost wish we would had, especially while we were paying off debt. Now, if you have a spouse that is not on board with budgeting and you're currently living paycheck to paycheck, then I can only assume that there is some tension when it comes to money because living this way leads to stress. It leads to sleepless nights. I don't think you want that. I don't think anyone wants that. But getting your spouse on board when you're on the same page with your partner about budgeting, about paying off debt, about saving money, about investing, about where you're willing to prioritize your money, when you're on the same page with that person, then you feel like you're in it together and it's not just you against your money and your finances and what you have found yourself in, but you're tackling it together. And if you're sitting here thinking, I don't have a spouse that's on board. I don't have a partner that's on board. They are a spender. They spend a lot of money or they don't see the the importance of saving money or paying off debt, then this episode is for you because we're going to be talking about how to get your spouse on board with managing money better, with managing your finances better, without 
tons of arguments and tension along the way. In fact, I'm going to be sharing with you today four things that you can do to get on the same page. So let's go ahead and get started. The first thing that I want you to do with your spouse or your partner is to discuss your dreams and your goals. What dreams do you have for your future that are outside of just this one year time span or outside of even two or three years time span? I think that it is difficult sometimes for us to dream because we live so much in the moment a lot of the times or sometimes even in the past that dreaming about the future almost feels untouchable. It feels unreachable. So why even bother dreaming? Why even bother setting these big goals that feel unreachable. That was one of the things that when my husband and I were in our budgeting journey, I very much was a dreamer. I am a dreamer. I dream about the things that we could have with our life, the ways we can invest our money, the future we can have. I'm constantly thinking about that. However, what I've learned is that I dream very differently than my husband. And that's not a good thing. That's not a bad thing. It's just different. So when it comes to you and your spouse, you might be dreaming or setting goals completely far off from them that don't align with them. You might have a goal to retire when you're 55 instead of when you're 65, but that might not align with what your spouse wants. That might not align with what gets them excited or on board with managing money. So I think that it's important to remember that it's okay to have these separate dreams and goals. I know that a lot of my dreams and goals, my husband could probably care less about. However, we do have dreams and goals that align together. We have ones that we can agree upon. So for instance, one of the things that we want to do is set ourselves up with saving money and investments, investing, growing our wealth so that he can retire whenever he is, I think it's 55 as a teacher We have enough money in his pension as a teacher and enough money pulling from investments that we no longer have to worry about money. That is a dream that we have together. Whereas I might have other wild and crazy dreams that he just thinks, okay, well, that doesn't motivate him to actually do anything different. So find a goal, find a dream that motivates both of you. Because when it only motivates one person, then it's the other person's not going to necessarily be willing to get on board. I think it's also important to make sure that your goals are bigger than your desire to stay where you are. Let me repeat that. Your goals need to be bigger than your present moment bigger than the desire to continue living above your means, beyond your means. Your goals for your future need to be bigger than wanting to spend your money maybe in a way that is hurting you and not helping you. Your goals need to be bigger than the habits that you have formed over time that aren't leading you there. So make sure that you're willing to discuss your dreams and your goals and you're willing to find dreams and goals that align together. 
The second thing that I want you to do to be able to get your spouse on the same page or get them on board with budgeting, saving money, paying off debt, any of the above, right? Just managing your money better once you've discussed your dreams and your goals is to focus on the benefits, not the sacrifices. I think that it can be so easy to get caught up in what you're giving up. It can be so easy in this world, the world that tells us we never have enough. You never have enough vacations. You never have enough stuff. You never have enough house. You need a bigger house. We live in a world where social media constantly points out what we don't have, that it can be easy to get caught up in what you'll be giving up in order to work for what you're gaining. Instead, try focusing on what you'll be gaining. For instance, when our family was making sacrifices, truly making sacrifices to pay off debt, in the moment, sometimes they did feel like sacrifices. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to sugarcoat and say that paying off debt was super easy and so much fun. It really wasn't. We did make sacrifices. However, I saw those sacrifices as Sacrifices we were making just in the moment, in this small period of time, so that we could live in abundance the rest of our life. Instead of focusing on what we were giving up, I was able to focus on what we would be gaining once we paid off debt, once we have all of this money and investments, once we become millionaires. Thinking about that is worth me setting aside money right now in this present moment into investments that I don't get to spend on fun stuff in life. Instead, we are saving it and investing it for our future. But when I think about what we are gaining, it's easy to make that quote unquote sacrifice. I also think that sacrifice looks different for everyone. For instance, sacrifice for you might be only eating out one time a week or not being able to take two big family vacations a year. Remember that just because I'm using the word sacrifice doesn't mean that it has to be bad. It doesn't mean that you can't still love your life. It doesn't mean that you can't live a life you love while paying off debt, while investing, while budgeting. That is still 100% possible. In fact, when our family was in the trenches of sending so much money toward debt so that we could get out of the hole we had found ourselves in. What I thought when we started was, oh my gosh, I'm living such a frugal life. I'm sacrificing so much. However, because we were in the journey for so long, four and a half years, I became very content with the life we were living. I found that I wanted less stuff. I needed less things. And I was very happy with the place we had found ourselves in. So when we were able to pay off debt and we did increase our lifestyle some, I didn't need to increase it to this incredible amount to feel happy because I had already found happiness just in our day-to-day life. So remember, it's easy to get caught up in what you'll be giving up, but try to focus on what you'll be gaining. And so when you're having this conversation with your spouse, if their immediate response or their immediate thought is, but then I won't be able to blank, then I won't be able to, and they start listing all the things that they will be losing, redirect that conversation to, yes, but what will this mean for our future and what will we be gaining? What is it that by making some of these small sacrifices now, what will I be gaining? And I don't think you have to sacrifice everything. I don't think that you need to deprive yourself of all of your wants and all of your desires when it comes to money. I think that there is definitely a balance. You can do this in a balanced state, still end up 
benefiting in the long run. The third tip is to be willing to compromise. Be willing to compromise. Now, when you're in a marriage or when you're in a in a committed relationship, especially when you're sharing finances, you can't always have your way. And neither can they. They can't have their way 100% of the time and you can't have your way 100% of the time. And when you have two very opinionated people about money, um, both sides need to be able to feel seen and heard. Compromise helps with that. Here's a classic example. My husband and I, I I'm, I'm a spender. I am a spender at heart. I do love to spend money. I've had, I've learned how to transition that love for spending into a love for investing. And I feel like I'm still spending money because I'm spending money on buying index funds. So I feel like my spending heart still gets a thrill out of that. However, that was not always the case. I did not always love that. I loved spending money on different things, specifically things at Target and Ulta, just things that brought me joy, things that made me happy, whereas my husband could really care less about spending money. So a compromise for us looked like I, for years, received a larger spending allowance than he did. And some people would look at that and say, well, that's not fair. Why do you get more money to spend on yourself than him? Where's the fairness in that? And the truth is, is it doesn't come down to fairness. It, it doesn't come down to fairness at all. It comes down to compromise. My husband was willing to compromise with me, allow me to have more money because when I had a larger spending allowance, I was more likely to stay on track and we were more likely to reach our goals, even though I was spending more money. Let that sink in. I was given a larger spending allowance because ultimately we made more progress with our money when I had it because I didn't feel deprived. I didn't run and go off budget all the time. And ultimately it got us, it got us to our goal faster. That compromise helped us in our marriage in the long run. And it doesn't mean that it has to be forever. Now we have the same spending allowance. So it doesn't have to be like that forever, but it's okay to compromise. A compromise for you might look like one of you, maybe someone in the relationship, wants to take a super big, amazing vacation and they want to spend $5,000 on this vacation. But maybe you don't want to take a super big vacation. Maybe that's not a priority for you at this time because you, you have credit card debt. You have high interest credit card debt you want to pay off. So a compromise might look like taking a smaller vacation that's closer to home. Maybe you drive instead of fly and you lower your budget to maybe $2,000. This is a compromise that gives both people a chance to get what they want in a way, but still make progress towards your goals. So be willing to compromise when it comes to the budget, when it comes to paying off debt, when it comes to saving money and investing, be willing to find some sort of a compromise because that's gonna help you stick with this goal and stay on the same page longer. One way to help get your spouse or partner on board with either budgeting, paying off debt, managing money better, is to provide concrete examples. Come to the table with concrete examples. My husband always says that whenever there's a problem at work he and he needs to go to someone higher up, he doesn't just go to them with the problem. He also tries to provide a solution. And I think the same can be true when it comes to our money and our finances. Instead of coming to the table with simply a desire for change or an ask for change, come to the table with a possible solution 
or concrete example. When I think of this, I think of one of the women that I've worked with inside my inner circle. She had racked up so much credit card debt and hid it from her husband. They did have separate finances. However, they wanted to manage their money together. She had certain bills she was in charge of paying. He had certain bills he was in charge of paying. And she was having trouble paying her bills, even though she made good money. She was having trouble paying her bills because she had racked up these secret credit cards and was hiding it from her husband. In this despair, having this almost secret hiding from her husband because he had no idea and she wanted to tell him, she was just afraid of how she would he would respond. In fact, she emailed me and said that she was afraid he would ask her for a divorce. So she said, what do I do? Allison, what do I do? I don't know what to do. Well, she joined the inner circle. From the inner circle, not only did she come up with the courage to face her husband and to approach him and be honest with him, but she also had already gone through lessons and developed a plan, a plan to pay off the credit card debt, a plan to rein in her spending, a plan to deal with the situation. And she was able to approach him with a possible solution, some concrete examples, not just here's where I have found my myself, but here's where I have found myself. Here are the steps I have taken to try to fix it. And not only was he loving to her, he was so loving, apologized to her for saying, I'm so sorry you've been living with this secret, but he was so impressed that she had a plan to fix it. Sometimes we find ourselves in these situations, not just by our own actions, but sometimes it's these joint actions, these decisions that you might be making as a couple. And so you might be thinking, well, I don't want to be the only one to come up with a solution. I don't want to be the only person to have a plan for how to fix this and go there and get shot down. But I promise you, when you go in with it, with at least a possible solution, a book to read, a debt payoff plan to follow, something that shows that this is not just something I thought about once, but this is something that is important and meaningful to me and I want you on board too, I think it can really help the other person see that it's important to you. Ultimately, I believe that when you're willing to discuss your dreams and goals with your spouse, focus on the benefits, not the sacrifices, be willing to make compromises along the way, and come to the table with a possible solution or concrete examples, that getting your spouse on board might become just a little bit easier. Just for some bonus, I'm also going to give a couple of extra tips that I think are super important when it comes to talking with your partner about money. One of the first ones is be respectful and timely. What I mean by that is I used to have this really bad habit of as soon as my husband would walk in the door from a long day at work, I immediately needed to talk to him about the budget. Something had go wrong and he needed to know it and I needed to share it right away. What I didn't realize was that as soon as he was walking into the door after a long day of work, I was bombarding him. Instead of being happy to see him home and him being welcomed into a home that was loving, as soon as he walked into the home, I was upset about something, concerned about something, and I needed solutions now. 
that was not necessarily respectful or timely, especially timely. Instead, be sure that when you're approaching the conversation, it's at an appropriate time, maybe after the kids have gone to bed, maybe on the weekends, and definitely not right after work, and be respectful. And when I say be respectful, I mean both partners have to be respectful. And to me, that looks like not pointing fingers and giving grace. It's so easy to say, you did this, you did that, you got us in this situation. And you know what? Some of that might be true. However, that doesn't help anyone feel like they can get out of a situation, especially if you found yourself in a negative money situation. That doesn't help anyone move forward. Try your best not to point fingers. There have been times when I have overspent and my husband never pointed fingers at me. Or if he was drawing attention to it, he was always very respectful about it. He was very kind and loving and he gave me grace. No one is perfect. You are not perfect. Your partner is not perfect. Your money journey won't be perfect. And you know what? That's okay. You're human. It is not meant to to be perfect. As long as you're heading in the right direction, that is good. So don't try to aim for this perfect money journey that just looks amazing all the time because it's just not possible. However, when you are willing instead to not point fingers, give grace, be timely and respectful with your partner when you're talking about money, then the chances of them getting on board, the chances of you working together on this journey and being on the same page increases. And when you can have someone that you're working alongside on this journey with, then they can be a support system for you and you in turn be a support system for them. Getting on the same page with your spouse might take time. It might not happen overnight. It might not happen in a month, but it is possible. When you continue to go back to discussing your dreams and goals, when you continue to focus on the benefits and not the sacrifices, when you continue to be willing to compromise and come to the table with a solution, then it is possible to get your spouse on board with managing your money better. If you found this podcast episode helpful and if you enjoyed it, then I would absolutely love it if you would just go down really quickly in Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review. These help more than you know, get the podcast out to other listeners, push it out to other people so that even more people can listen to it. I would truly appreciate it if you took just a little bit of time to do that. Ultimately, I hope this podcast episode helps you live your best life and reach your money goals. I'll see you next week.